Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job, this is a calling. Right, this morning, or this afternoon I should say, I'm with the lovely afternoon, the lovely Millie Kendall. Hello. MBE. I was just talking about how my dad cried for two days when I got my MBE. Did he? Yeah. And he was never a big fan of the royal family. No. But it was just that he always said that he thought he'd see me uh, at Her Majesty's pleasure, but not quite (laughs) that at Her Majesty's pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) That terrible thing. And he said that in front of a journalist um, from the Times. Really? And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to write about how, you know, I'm a convict and, you know, or my dad <laughs> thought I was going to be a criminal. But yeah, so... Um, but, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a distant memory now, actually. Yeah. How long, was it, when, how long ago was that? 2007. Oh, So, wow. yeah, it's quite a while ago now, 13 years. 13 years. 13 years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a teenager... <laughs> again but yes about 13 years it's funny isn't it because you kind of like you always think you read those articles every year the same articles come out of people that have declined to yeah. accept and they're always the really cool people yeah but um but then you think when it happens to you you're like oh, oh screw it i'm yeah, gonna go and get yeah, it yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah. all right but the, the bit the bit that's the best bit is just the family you know yeah, your family yeah. reaction it's really yeah. and, and when you get up when you get um told that you might get it because you only get told you might get it you have to wait until it's announced publicly right so you still don't know until it's announced no oh right Right. terrifying and then of course you get you get told that you know are you sitting down you might be getting an mba and then you go and tell everyone and then you sort of look at the bottom letter it says and please don't tell anyone until it's announced (laughs) and you're like oh god what if i don't get it it's actually really awful it's like waiting for your school results or you know your exam results don't know why they do it that way. Why can't they? Why can't they just tell you? <laughs> but yeah, it's quite. Um, yeah, my dear old dad was sobbing. Bless him. And my mum wasn't had suffered from mental illness, and at the time she, I think she thought she was in an episode of the like, like in the Queen, like in the movie. Right. I was going to say episode of the Crown, but that didn't exist then. But there was a movie that came out around the same time that I got my MBE with Helen Mirren as the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had my mum had just watched that right. um, on video. And I think she felt that she was in that film. Yeah. Because she did not acknowledge any of it. She didn't... She was quite overwhelmed by the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really odd, actually. She had a... But... Because you've you've said about your mum and that. Yeah. um, Because uh, to to, to let people know, Mm. uh, I got introduced to you through the British Beauty Council. Yes. British Beauty Council kindly sponsored our charity Mm. to be, you know, to give us help and support. And then as we got to know each other, we had quite a few links 
yeah. with the past, didn't we? That that you know what 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 made you you know what drew you to sort of want to support us? I t- a, you know I think the thing. Well, first of all, I come from a hairdressing family, and I, not a lot of people know that because I'm more well known for having had a makeup range, and so people can't sort of see. Oh, you did makeup, and you did, in, but you came from hairdressing. Yeah. I don't know why they can't make that connection because yeah. to me it's quite obvious. But um, and so. And I remember many years ago, my dad doing um, a sort of a charity um, linked to Elton John's charity called Gold Diggers, where he would do 24 hours, open the salon 24 hours and cut people's hair, anyone that came in for free. Yeah. So I remember like him being quite sort of into the sort of marathon type charity things. And um, obviously I know Sasha Brewer, yeah. who was doing this, Kind cut. kind cut in um, in uh, New York or LA, um, and um, I don't know. You know when it's like a sort of bunch of things that happen. So I grew up for a period of time in LA as well, and I uh, was in LA. I couldn't believe the homeless crisis in LA. They don't have any shelters. My, then my my teenage daughter worked for shelter, and it was she's not a natural salesperson, Sadie. She's quite sort of doesn't like people, right? And um, and she. Um, was an, was amazing at getting people to hand over money, you know, because she really felt it. She really wanted to help. Um, I don't know, and I think just your your story, your charisma, what you're doing, the selflessness. I mean, it's just to me, it just inspired. It was yeah. inspiring, and I just wanted to do whatever I could. Yeah. And then you came in and you told us how you got started and Andrew was in tears and we were like, we'll do your PR, we'll do it for nothing. <laughs> um, so, and I, and I think that, um, you know, I don't know, you make it really easy for people to get involved. Yeah, I've, I have found it easy, you know. I know, but I think you make it easy. Oh, right. I actually think you make it easy because every single person that's ever come to, um, um, along with you um, mm. to work... I just felt so moved by the experience. Mm. But I think you manage the environment, you manage expectations, you manage the people really well, you know, the, the, the hairdressers that are coming to support you. Mm. I think they feel safe in your hands. And, and, I mean, and I mean, not physically, but emotionally yeah. safe. That's a big thing, actually. That's mm. something that we are... I mean, we've, we're sort of teaming up with the Samaritans a little bit. Yeah. Because um, we've we've got to... It's surprising the emotional toll it takes on the session. Yeah, phase. yeah, yeah. I'm really... I mean, everyone that's worked with you that I know yeah. has said that they've that the, the, the toll it's taken on them, their mental health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, um, and how much they want to do more. So my business partner um, and one of the co-founders of the British Beauty Council, Anna-Marie Solovey, is... Um, doing a course in sort of hand massage yeah. in order to come and support you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible, I think. And I and I guess also, so my, you know, my dad's a hairdresser and he did some work. My mum suffered with mental health, I mean, probably all her life, really, mm. but it became really apparent um, when my parents split up and she progressively got worse and... Um, and then she died in September last year in September, but she'd been at home with a carer. She couldn't feed herself or um, she couldn't go from one room to another on her own. Right. She would, she'd hurt herself. So um, not intentionally, but she just, you know, she, she 
couldn't manage her, her sort of her surroundings and she was sort of a virtually monosyllabic and it'd been a, a constant sort of deterioration from what was seen as at one point in her youth as eccentric yeah. to depression to psychosis yeah. to you know let's just give her mood enhancing drugs that you would give someone with epilepsy just to keep her calm and then she didn't get out of a chair for past nine years really yeah you couldn't take her out in public she'd go running off you know, yeah in front into traffic or you couldn't walk her into the bank because she tried to smash the window really <laughs> yeah give me my money you know <laughs> it was actually quite um <laughs> and then but you know like and and also i think some mental illness i mean look there, there were times when when um uh she was trying to get social housing because she'd She'd come from money. When she split with my dad, she had money. She blew all her money really quickly on mm. weird things and then found herself in a situation where she was homeless. Then in order to get a social housing, she had to go live in a hostel, which scared her. She became, like, catatonic. Um, and so we had to get her into sort of some private housing, private housing because even though, I guess, with some social housing, you have to... Um, go and live in a hostel as a homeless person for a certain amount of months yeah. before they'll even help you. And she was mentally too fragile for that. So whilst at, f at first we thought, oh, well, this will be fine. She'll manage this, okay? It's a hostel near my where I live. Mm. I was just, no, I, I was like, this, this is ridiculous. I'm not having her to go through this. So we put her in private housing. But... Um, that process, I mean, we, we've mm. recently had that. Like um, Sonia at the mission was telling me, that a guy came to her and he said, look, I haven't got, I'm terminal, I'm terminally ill. Yeah. I want to go home. I yeah. just want to go. And the process would be, you'd have to go into a hostel. Yeah. Sheltered housing. Once you're in the sheltered housing, then get the move. Yeah. But like she said, he hasn't got time. No, no, no. So no. this is the thing. Yeah. Can, and can we not all get our heads together and go, look, can we I just... I don't understand it. Why do you have to prove that? I mean, the fact is, is that all you need to do is look at her doctor's records and you can see that yeah. she's been mentally ill for 25, 30 years and, and that she can't take care... You know, she really needed help. But we... they It's an awful system because being in some of those hostels... I mean, you don't know who who the characters are that are sleeping next to you or no. next door or whatever. And, um, and it was quite violent. And so... Um, and there are people from have, that have all different afflictions, whether it be you know women running from domestic violence situations or people just with generally mental health issues, and you can't always diagnose those either. No. Sometimes people just have, you know, yeah. dysfunctional brains. I don't, I don't know. There's a real. Um, oftentimes, there's no real sort of diagnosis, and um, so you don't know what you're getting. And I just didn't feel it was safe for her, no. so we had to get her out. So we put her into private. Um, uh, private home and uh, you know eventually she needed care and I mean my mum did things like got in a bath of boiling hot water yeah boiling scalding hot water whilst in hospital in a men mental health ward right and uh, burnt her legs from her thighs down had to have skin complete skin grafts yeah well it's been a and that's roller with, coaster <laughs> with her and that's but that's with um, a supportive family yeah. In, in, in a, in a hospital, in a hospital yeah. environment. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that the people aren't getting to see are in the same that. situation. They've got none of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's getting more and more. And the, 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 the less, you know, it all went to be care in the community, but it just put it all into the community without the care, didn't it? Well, that's, that's what happened. I think that um, 
my mum ended up it was in a mental um, on a mental health ward for almost what nine months eight to a year and it wasn't difficult for me to convince this, the head psychiatrist that we should take her home because she was catatonic she'd be better in an environment with her stuff around her yeah. because they want you to leave they don't want you to be there it costs them more to keep you yeah. it's cheaper for them to then send a carer around to look after you in your own home um, but then my mum died from choking on a sausage roll that she shouldn't have been eating, so she wasn't even getting the care that she really needed. No. So it's it's difficult. It's you know I can imagine that, you know the 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 absolute worst case scenario is living on the street, isn't it? Yeah. I mean you know, um, and it's it's awful, absolutely awful. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, um, and I and I, I and I do I don't know whether it's common knowledge that most of the people living on the streets they don't choose to be there they're not um they have a lot of them haven't chosen that path they are there because they aren't well mm. you know a lot of them suffer if not most of them suffer from mental health this issues is, this is the thing i think people just think they're just oh you know they did something slightly dodgy and they've been ousted from society that's yeah. not what happened no yeah oh no, because i i this is why and people say often you you say people who come work with me say i've got a great connection it's because I, I really know that I could so easily very nearly be there. Yeah. And I, and I have been there. And when, when I'm at my darkest, I've had, I've had a couple of days this week, Monday and Tuesday, I couldn't function. Yeah. Couldn't function. I had all these things to do and I couldn't function. And that's, that's in the environment of having a, a support system around me and all that. So when it hits you, it, it's hard to break out of it. Yeah, and it can hit anyone. That, that yeah. is the point, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, my mum came from a wonderful family, supporting, loving, all right, a little bit kooky, but, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, everyone was very close and open and fun-loving and she didn't really have to worry about money or anything, but it's still, you know, it is an affliction. It, it doesn't it doesn't sort of pick certain people and not others. It's just it can hit anybody. Yeah. Um, and I And I just think there's sort of, um, well, on top of that, so I've got my dad's a hairdresser who does did some charity work. My mum, who's suffered all her life from mental health issues, and then my brother's a social worker, and he works with um, at-risk youth. Right. So he rehabilitates at-risk youth, and he works in essentially what would be a shelter, um, and um, it's where kids can come in uh, and uh, indulge in things like... Uh, in the, the arts and music yeah. in order to kind of build on what they, what they have and who they are and a lot of um, those kids have run away from abuse or um, uh, terrible situations that you just did or virtually unmentionable and they are looking to find a family yeah. that they can create and so that's what my brother does Fantastic. But he runs an art program. He used to have another charity, which was his own, called AMP, where he, um, every Thursday night... They used the venue that was in the movie The School of Rock, I think. Oh, right. And he used to, every Thursday night, used to buy loads of pizza and get a bunch of working musicians to sit with their instruments. And then homeless kids would come in and learn to play... Yeah. You know, the guitar or the drums or whatever, and they would all just jam. Yeah. And it was just somewhere for these kids to go and eat because some of them weren't, you know, they didn't have options. There's not sort of, yeah. you, you go where the food is. You always say that. They, they sort of, That's what we, they, yeah. they rock up where the food is. So he would buy, I think he actually would, there was a pizza restaurant that would donate, you know, yeah. 
40 pizzas or something every Thursday night. Yeah. Or was it Wednesday night? And the kids would just all flock to it because word gets around in those in the community to yeah. say, hey, look, if you go to this venue every Wednesday night, it's free pizza. And by the way, you can jam on a your drum yeah. kit or something. Yeah, it was really cool. And, and then like, he ended up with the art bit. So, yeah. yeah. You just reminded me of um, something I'd forgotten about when our early days. We had a, uh, we've still got a project in Slough and um, there was a, a guy there, it was a young guy and there was, he'd got this guitar and he was trying to play it. And there's a quiet guy in the corner, Eastern European guy, I remember him, and he was just really, he kept his head down, he said, and all of a sudden he'd just come over and he went, like, just gestured as if, let me show you, you know, like, and he picked this guitar up and he was one of the most talented guitarists <laughs> I've ever heard. And he, he he was he had all that talent within him, and yeah. he was just this quiet, invisible person in the corner. And he came through, and he just you thought, how can someone with that natural talent and ability be just lost in the corner of this room? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't. <clears throat> there's no filter with mental illness. It doesn't go, oh look, you're really talented. I'll leave you alone. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're very rich. I'll leave you alone. Yeah. It can absolutely. Uh, you know, latch on to absolutely anybody. And, you know, I'm really lucky, I think. I've never had, don't think, don't really suffer from mental illness. I don't take any medicines or anything like that. But my aunt, my my mum, my brother, you know, I have family members that suffer from this illness and... Um, and I don't, I don't know what it's like to not be able to get out of bed or put a load of laundry in or yeah. make a phone call or something like that. But I understand that that does affect people. And I have friends and family that it affects. And, um, um, and, I, and I do, I feel like that's a big precursor to people living on the street and, and, yeah. and homelessness. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot of research to be done um, into mental health, body appearance, our industry. Mm. Um, somebody said something today, doing well by doing good. Mm. And I think that was like that, I wrote that quote down, doing well by doing good. Yeah. And I think that we need to support people doing well by doing good. And I think as an industry generally, um, I think we uh, we should take responsibility, you know, um, for our contribution to people feeling better about themselves. Because it's, that's interesting, because it's, it's that feeling better about themselves. Mm. Because you've got the, the physical, but then the unseen. Yeah. And one of the chronic problems in this society, in our society, is loneliness. Yes, I know though I found that I found out there was a minister of loneliness. <laughs> and it's in my roadmap for 2020 to engage with her. Yeah. Um, I just, I, funny, I just came from a meeting with two amazing people um, and um, they are, they work with mental health and body appearance, so it's body, Centre for Body Appearance. They've done a load of research um, into um, men and women and how their mental health is affected by their body appearance. Men generally, it's more about fitness. Yeah. Um, and there also is a caveat for men where um, their sort of self-worth can be boosted by finance and power whereas women it is literally about appearance yeah um and the effect that has on people and we're looking at hopefully um working with them to create a sort of code of conduct for the industry so that we don't further damage 
people. Yeah. Um, and uh, with sort of um, unrealistic expectations. I think that's in, crucial in, at the moment. In terms of body appearance. And we take, have to take some responsibility for yeah. um, the industry. You know, lack of not using negative messaging, not using negative imagery, terminology that's used. You know, if a brand says, hey, this product is anti-aging, that then goes out on their social media and their traditional media comms. And then we all think, oh, shit, I'm getting old. You know, yeah. oh, worries me. Let me fill my face with fillers and Botox. You know, it's yeah. like disaster. So we, we should... I think we need to be a bit more responsible um, as an industry. So, one of our um, one of our roadmap initiatives this year will be to kick that off. Yeah. And and actually back it up with a study into mental health and appearance. And so these two, the two women I just met, um, will will be doing that research. They've published loads of stuff before, so they're quite, quite. I'm quite in, awe-inspired by them, actually. Well, also, it's quite hope. It's, it gives a lot of hope because yeah. the, as as I found out through you now, yeah. the beauty industry is massive. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah. how yeah. powerful. Yeah, twenty-eight point four billion pounds contribution to GDP. Yeah, Pretty so huge. it's a big, big player in the in yeah. in, in the in society now. Yeah. I mean, we you know we employ something like six hundred thousand people, sixty-five thousand. Um, qualifications were taken last year in beauty yeah. across hairdressing, beauty therapy, nails, and multidisciplinary. Um, it's a really easy entry um, industry. Yeah, don't need a lot of education, um, and and we can do a lot of good. We just have to be sort of together to yeah. do it and get it get it sorted. Because that's what I found that, yeah. that you know it just. Even in this last year, mm. the support and people coming together yeah. of it, you know, it's been it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, I think there's a lot of chatter around how, outside of our industry, consumers perceive us as being a bit bitchy, maybe yeah. not really that supportive, um, you know, on the take, out for whatever we can get. Our industry is not like that, in my opinion, and no. probably never has been. And I think we need to really um, do a lot of work to change consumers' perception perception of the beauty industry because if you look at what you're doing you are giving people confidence by cutting their hair. I mean I, I don't know about you but everybody I know get a haircut you feel good about yourself and and it's to me it's such an obvious solution mm. now because you're doing it um and I and I think that consumers although they know it when it happens to them they don't see the benefit to other people yet we're working on that. <laughs> we're working on that in terms of our comms. But yeah. there's, you know, I think I think what we've what we've done is we've looked at all the different challenges within the industry and where we're kind of taking a few knocks and what we're not doing quite right. And we've kind of put together this year-long assessment that you were involved in at mm. think tanks and um, panel talks and London Beauty Week and working with the consumer to kind of figure out what should we do. And then we put together a sort of roadmap for it that I finished in December. Oh, kill me. <laughs> it was like, I mean, what, when did we start with the think tank? February 2019. Yeah. And I worked from February to December with all the stuff that went on in between that to deliver the roadmap for 2020. So yeah. it's pretty robust and it covers off, you know, men's grooming, um, mental health and well-being, um, diversity and inclusion, um, uh, 
celebrating and raising the profile of the industry. So all of those things we've kind of discussed mm. uh, in the environment, sustainability in the environment, because it's very important. Yeah. Um, because we're seen as being uh, big polluters. Yeah. And I think um, lots of people are saying they're the solution. Lots of people are saying we're the problem. Um, and we, we need to, you know, again, we have to have these landscape assessments yeah. to kind of verify what it is that we do or don't do. And yeah. there's a lot of greenwashing. It's a lot of bullshit, quite frankly. Yeah. And I think as an industry, we need to sort of, what did you say, Rebecca? Clear the waters. Rebecca says clear the waters. Yeah. So that we're kind of... Um, we can talk about what it is that we're doing well, collectively. People can see through it, can't they? If, they yeah. if, it, if it gets too like that, you know, unless the clear, direct information is yeah. always going to be more useful. Yeah, and I think as an industry body, it's really our responsibility to do that and present that information to both the industry and the consumer. And also, if, if, it's, a, if it's one message that the whole industry can get behind. I mean, this is my message. Like we talk to loads of different um, stakeholders in the industry and we generally put these things out to survey after we've sort of slightly refined the messaging. But once you've got a refined message, a lot of stakeholders have put had input into, then it's easier to get everyone sort of behind it. Hmm. Otherwise, it's a lot of messaging in our industry is very brand dominated. Yeah. Or sector dominated um and so uh that's our phone yeah phone's right. ring it's rebecca's, fine it's rebecca, fine rebecca's just hung up on it's somebody yeah. <laughs> welcome to the british beauty council yeah where we hang up on We're everybody too busy. yeah sorry so we can't talk to you right now yeah um but yeah i mean i, I think oh now the door's going oh we are popular today um that might be my interview. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot to be done and I don't think we're perfect as an industry. No. But I do think that we've, um, that, you know, we are challenging ourselves constantly and taking, you know, pulling ourselves apart to kind of rebuild it. Yeah. Which I think you kind of have to do. Um, I've really enjoyed working with you. Have you? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Did you win that money? Was that you? That was me. Was it? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Know. Do you know there was a so it's a hair and beauty charity. I, I raffle, to, by the way. To talk about this. <laughs> so it's a hair so hair and beauty charity, which is an amazing charity. It's been around since like the eighteen hundreds, yeah. isn't it? Eighteen sixty three. Yeah. I think I got that question right. Yeah. Um so they did a pub quiz. And um, just to say, the British Beauty Council won the pub quiz. And it was a, a pub quiz with loads of questions about the hairdressing industry. And um, I was so chuffed. I've been dining out on the fact that I won the pub quiz since it happened last year. Yeah. And at that time, they had this um, charity raffle. The prize was a grand. I was like, well, oh, that's good. And then £500 for Selfridges and another yeah. £500 to Tiffany. You can't lose, can you? No. And uh, so I was like, oh, this is definitely worth 20 quid. So we all bought loads of tickets. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, I was convinced I was going to win. Yeah. And so I avidly watched the reveal. We had to wait quite a long time to January until... Um, oh, and I, I sold some tickets at the British Hairdressing Awards on our table because they were yeah. selling them there. I think and I bought them at the event you had the Christmas party. I think they was, yeah. that's where I bought mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we've been selling these tickets for ages and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to win. It's my, it's my lucky year. And then I watched the uh, reveal on Facebook Live and at the end of it, they said, 
and the winner of the big prize is Stuart Roberts. And I was like, <laughs> can't be another Stuart Roberts in the hairdressing industry. And I just thought, all people, you know, you deserve it the but most. It was really funny. I was in an AA meeting, actually. Were you? <laughs> I was in an AA meeting when then you messaged me and I come I out like, and I thought, Oh, that's all right, but I'm a bit like, I believe it when I see it, but I did yeah. actually get the phone call Monday morning. Well, because I saw them yesterday, well, two of the people that work with, so I saw the PR for the Hair and Beauty Charity yeah. and Sam, who runs all the social, and I'm like, was it Stuart? And they were like, we don't know. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, it was <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. me. And yeah. the funny thing is that then my life's changed is, uh, and I, I, I may have done something righteous with it, but... Um, yeah, our boiler broke down last week. We, we had a freezing cold house and freezing. Yeah. And I went out and I walked out on Monday and I said to the kids, like, oh, I've just won a thousand pounds. They went, yeah, hot water. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so funny. yeah, yeah. Before well, it might have been a, a weekend somewhere. Yeah, no, congratulations. Yeah, we've all That's got really a hot good. shower now. So thank you very much, yeah. Chris Fugas. I mean, really, honestly, that's just, <laughs> it was so hilarious. Because I was emailing Freya and Diana. I was like, do you think it's Stuart? I'm like, listen to the, listen to the reveal, because I yeah. think it's Stuart. I thought it would have been quite ironic yeah. if there was another Stuart Roberts. But well done, congratulations. Oh, no, there's only one of me. No, it was hilarious. And I was so pleased. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. You know, some, bit pissed off I didn't win it, yeah. but you know, I had that thing where my boiler went out once. It's a nightmare, isn't it? It's not it? good. No, it's not good. We've all been. Uh, I've had very grumpy children this week. Oh no, I bet. I just think um, I um, I belong to a private members club in, in Shoreditch, and when the pipes froze, yeah. So it was like a week or so. We didn't have any hot water. Mm. And I would take my kids there to shower. <laughs> it was like, you know, one after the other. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, quick, in the showers at the gym yeah. or uh, at the but curtain. We, I mean, the thing I had this just before Christmas, though, went one day when I, I was, and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, my kids have got the, because um, the boiler's not working. You imagine I mean, if you can't have a shower for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing, isn't it? This is the yeah. great thing of what, this is what I do, and it's a great healer, because I go out there and I think, oh, do you know what my boyfriend said to me, which was really interesting? So I, I, you know, I give a lot. I, I'm very fortunate. I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I give a lot of stuff to the charity shop. And I honestly, I probably, every given moment, I probably have two or three bags of things. I'm going, get rid of that. And, that yeah. and my boyfriend said, you always do that. He goes, well, why don't you just carry around a jumper, you know, every day? Instead of taking them all to the charity shop for people to buy them. Yeah. You're not making any money out of it. Put them in your bag. Always have a jumper in your bag, and if you yeah. see someone on the street, give them a jumper. Brilliant. And that was such a clever idea. Yeah. yeah. I often say that to people, like, you know the glove, just packets of cheap gloves? Yeah. Knickers, socks, yeah. things yeah. like that. Yeah, really you know, basic things. If, you don't, if you're not sure about money, things. that whole thing, you know. Yeah, when we when did um, British uh, London Beauty Week, which was a precursor to what will happen this year, which is British Beauty Week, um, I was with somebody from Johnson & Johnson, and I had a meeting with them in our British Beauty Week hub. British yeah. Beauty Council Hub. And this guy was sort of, uh, he was a homeless guy, knew he'd just done the haircuts. Yeah. He, had, he had his head shaved. And I, he said, I said, look, can I help you? And he asked me about something. I can't remember what he was doing, looking for a shelter. And he goes, but I'm really hungry. So I took him to Starbucks and yeah. bought him some food. And I left the woman from J&J and I was like, Oh, she'll forgive me, you know, just like, yeah. look, could you just stand here for a minute? I'll be back in 15 minutes. Yeah. And I just thought just the fact that he just wanted a toasted sandwich, you yeah. know, that was it. And I think just sometimes those little things are sort of um, quite straightforward, really, aren't they, you know? Yeah. And it is, it's as simple as that sometimes. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it, 
I think we've all become a bit sort of um, charity, you know, it's, we've had a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so it, it gets sometimes where uh, just seeing through it and it's just a simple act of, and it's just simple sometimes it's just saying kindness. hello. Mm. Yeah, simple act of kindness. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think, not that I think it's wrong or bad in any way because um, I've done it and I know other people have done it. Um, the Facebook charity yeah. thing is great. I mean, a yeah. click of a button, I've given money to Australia, you know, to, yeah. to help yeah. the firefighters in Australia yeah. or yeah. people gave me money when my best friend died and I raised money. I did a 13-mile walk. And yeah. For those of you who know me, I find it hard to walk <laughs> up and down the stairs in my own home. Um, so, you know, things like that. And I've, you know, raised money for, for um, a heart, British Heart Association. And those things are quite easy to do, but actually those sort of simple acts of yeah. giving somebody you know buying two sandwiches when you get your breakfast in the morning or yeah. giving someone a cup of coffee or something it's yeah. so so much more re rewarding yeah because you get to see that the reaction yeah of that person immediately yeah and that sort of it does give you a bit of a spring in your step yeah. there's a guy that sits in on tottenham court road and he doesn't sit right outside the coffee shop that i go to he sits um uh, sort of, he recessed in a little bit, and so um, and outside a furniture shop, he's there every single morning. Yeah. And um, most mornings, I give him something to eat, and I know that he's going to be there, so I get something extra yeah. in the coffee shop as I'm walking down from Warren Street Tube Station, because that's sort of. And he'll probably think, oh, here she comes. Here's me breakfast. Well, the other day he said, no, I don't want sausage today. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, you can know, just take it. It's yeah, yeah. Eat someone else. Yeah. <laughs> And anyway, I thought, oh, he's getting carried away now. Now he's telling yeah, me what yeah, he wants, yeah, you know. Yeah. Can I have to get the order the day before? Yeah. But, you know, it's just that those kind of things, I think, are probably, um, um, like like I said, most of the people that that have come up, like Anna Cafone wrote something yeah, amazing, Lee Keats. I mean, you know, Adam Reed Lee was, was really blown away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Neil Moody and yeah. Johnny and, you know, yeah. those those guys that I know have you know, really been moved by the whole experience yeah and I'll, there's going to be so much more happening this year but Millie thank you so much for everything you've done for us no, so far you. this year and really? we're going to you know we're going to get a lot of stuff we're done kill this, it year. this year we're going to kill it this year yeah. with you pushing me yeah. Freya pushing me yeah <laughs> sending you text messages done. while you're in yes, a meeting yes that's it that's um, fine yeah but uh, no and it's all we're all going on the, we're on the same page and we'll we'll move and together we do more you know so. yeah and no i think we're building a really nice community and i think we're doing great things yeah. really great things yeah. and you know then and there's a load of product upstairs for you have you seen those boxes got <laughs> you've got all four well, boxes no i've, I've emptied two, yeah. two out i don't know why they put them in boxes just stick them in bags so much easier <laughs> well, to transport and i'll be back to get some more because oh, we're fine. going to the lovely there's a there's a a woman's refuge we're going to yes uh, and I'm, I'm there um, the first Monday of February. So I've got a bag now, but the next time I'm up, I'll come and bring and collect the rest of them. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing, because Diana's a makeup artist as well. Maybe we can come right. and do some oh, makeup. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I used it. to work in the, on the shop floor doing makeup on people. I really yeah. like doing makeup well, on I'll people. I'll let you know, because it's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, we yeah. just have to be a little bit, obviously, careful, because they're refuge, they have to... Yeah, they have to be yeah, sort of, yeah, 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 anonymous. Yeah, it's a bit of a safe yeah. place. Yeah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, we'll definitely do something. But okay. Millie Kendall, 
Thank you, Stuart Thank Roberts. Thank you very much. Well done, you've got a boiler. Working yeah, I've got boiler a boiler. Now. Yeah, yeah, I've got a boiler suit. <laughs> you've got a boiler you know, suit. It's we're all, all going really up. well. Yeah, we're all boiled up. Oh, uh, yeah, that's something to be said, isn't it? Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank Bye. you. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.